Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Thursday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. Andy, Frank Vogel said Wednesday at practice that belief in the Lakers and the possibilities this season is a matter of faith. Do you think the players still have any? We'll talk about that next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. want to thank everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday. No matter how you get your podcast, where you get your podcast, or when you get your podcast, we got a podcast for you. Um, and uh, we appreciate all the support we'll be given. And remember, uh, Locked on Lakers on YouTube as well gives you access to the show, generally speaking, a few hours early, particularly on non-game nights, uh, so you can access the stuff a little before uh, everybody who does it on the the just strictly audio version. Um, we'll get to some interesting speculation about what the Lakers are going to be doing this offseason, Andy. It is a bad sign that nationally um, people are already really talking about the offseason and where things are going. Frank Vogel was asked on Wednesday at practice um, about the the possibilities for this team and why he believes that there's still a, a chance that this could turn out well, that they can make the, the play-in, and this almost certainly is going to work its way through the play-in and, and go from there. And yeah, he, he, had, he had an interesting <laughs> response. He basically said... Winning a title is an 8 seed? What's special about that? you oh, got to win it no, as no, a no, 10 no, seed. As a 10 seed. Exactly. <laughs> so That's the stuff of legend, baby. We would do it as a 12 if they would let us. We're just not allowed. <laughs> you know what? The league may allow it this year. They need the Lakers. I don't know. I don't know. I actually don't. I am not sure that <laughs> this might be the year that is the exception <laughs> to the standard rule of the league will do anything it possibly yeah. can do to get the Lakers yeah. into the playoffs. I don't think that any, they want any part of it. Um, but he, he talked about faith. What and... do you mean the Lakers lost that play in the game they won? <laughs> <laughs> I, LeBron had 73 points. They won by 20. Nope, nope, nope. They're out. <laughs> uh, so he, he talked about faith and he said, faith is uh, the belief in something that you cannot see. And we have not seen yet that, you know, we've been able to sustain the level of success that's required to go win a championship. And he talked about that. He's very honest, you know, Frank, who wasn't trying to blow smoke any, up anybody's rear. Um, but like he said, that doesn't mean it's not possible. doesn't mean it's not potentially there. It doesn't mean that it can't happen just because you haven't seen it yet. And I thought this was interesting on two levels. First, that he is being very, you know, candid about the fact that like, like there's nothing that we've shown this year that would give anybody the belief that, uh, you know, we are a championship caliber team right now. Um, but then I wondered to myself, okay, even if Frank still has faith, do the other guys like do the guys on the team really believe in the thing that they cannot see this year? Because Andy, I don't think they do. Here's how I know they don't, Brian. Uh, today, Wenyan Gabriel and DJ Augustine were introduced uh, to the media for the first time. They did their uh, you know sort of informal introductory pressers, and they were both asked about their impressions from afar of the Lakers and. You know, Wendy and Gabriel is young, just trying to find his footing in the league at all. So he put out a more, you know, PR positive spin on things and, you know, talking about just 
you know, the, the potential with this team and, you know, seeing that, you know, there, there, there could be better days ahead for than that sort of thing, you know, like obviously just trying to put his best foot forward because you never know, this could be your next job. DJ Augustine, who is played for roughly a billion teams, realizes <laughs> that your next job is never really your next job. Your next to next to next to next, your next job is probably your next job. He's also like 31, 32, maybe even older than that. And, you know, frankly, too old for this bleep. He started to answer that question by saying, you know, he hadn't really been paying much attention while he was in Houston to the Lakers. He was really focused on mentoring the kids on that team, you know, the view from the outside. But then acknowledged that, you know, he had seen some stuff on social media reacting to the Lakers. And I think at that point caught himself because he's like, wait a minute, if I've seen this stuff and people reacting to the Lakers, then I obviously know what the <laughs> reaction I mean, to let's, the Lakers let's, is. Like, right, let's just not and, pretend. And then he just sort of let, he just sort of realized, okay, this lie makes no sense, and I'm just going to shift to the gonna next trail question. Off. Right, I'm just going to, it just sort of trailed off. And yeah, like, he realized halfway through what I'm saying makes absolutely no sense. Well, it's no like sense. you could, I think you could credibly claim as an NBA player that you know what I've kind of missed what happened in Orlando this year, right? You know, sure. geez, um, you know the ins and outs of uh, I, I don't know the Raptors or like other teams that like even that are good. The Raptors are a pretty good team, but they're kind of a low profile team. Like, yeah. okay, I played another conference. No basketball player followed what the Lakers did in the off season, and then has been like. You know, I was just catching up today. <laughs> What's been going on with this team? <laughs> I was shocked to find out they've really struggled. Um, you know, I, I the, the the Augustine press conference was was fun just because it opened up so many opportunities for deeply cynical jokes that are based around you know, speaking of faith, the lack of faith one might have in this team. For example, when Augustine was asking, you know, like what were you doing when this happened and and all this stuff, and you know, what have you been up to since? I think the Rockets let him go at the beginning of February. It's like, oh, I was been driving my kids back and forth to school. I've been picking them up, been doing dad stuff, which, you know, as a as an NBA player, I typically don't get to do. And I, my first thought was, oh, don't worry, kids. <laughs> dad will be back sooner than you think. <laughs> this is not going to become cats in the cradle, you're saying. No, no. I mean, you know, long before summer break, you'll have a chance to see dad. <laughs> Again, so I mean, it's like they grow yeah. up fast, but they're not going to grow up <laughs> not that fast. <laughs> it's not that movie old, <laughs> you know, the M Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> I, my kids were six when I left town; they were twenty nine when I got back. Um, and those are the types. That's the sort of gallows humor that the Lakers uh, lend themselves to these days. Um, and if I'm making those jokes, certainly the the guys on the team can can make them too they probably i probably think the same thing and so like if vogel has faith and i think frank probably still does um but i just it doesn't it doesn't matter if the players don't and i just keep getting the impression that while they're not quitting yeah they played hard they came back from 21 sure. against dallas on on tuesday i also get the impression that they don't necessarily believe this is going to end happily well here here's what i think ultimately matters the most and you know i mean augustine acknowledged like hey you know we are a nine seed right now that has been losing you could end up a 10 seed but you still have a chance right now and in this league all you need is a chance like you chip know, in like, a chair andy yeah exactly like yeah, anybody who plays poker knows that expression and 
you know, you need to go out there, he said, like, and play hard every night and treat every game like an opportunity. And I, I think in some respects that actually speaks to the, the mentality that the Lakers need to have, whether they truly believe or not, they need to fight anyway. You know, because A, it's the only way you can possibly make this thing happen in the first place. Like, unless, say, somebody like LeBron that, you know, we've talked a lot about his knee maybe hurting a lot more than he wants to let on beyond whatever lack of belief he has in this team, no matter what he says. It's pretty obvious because he wanted to move at the deadline, didn't get it, yada, yada, yada. We've been that through all that. That just reminds me of LeBron standing there next to other people on the team going, your lack of belief disturbs me and choke, choking them out with the force. But, you know, go ahead. Um, but, you know, unless it's somebody like LeBron that you wonder like, okay, is this counterproductive to have him keep playing on that knee if mm -hmm. the odds of anything coming from it are so low, you are better off, you know, preserving the mileage that he has for next season. Scenarios like that aside, these guys need to go out there and fight anyway because, again, it's the only way an opportunity will present itself if it does. And B, like, those are the fights that matter the most. You know what I mean? Like, th those those are the, the things that you need to be doing. It's just like it, you're in a situation where it's going to be difficult. And if you want the rest of these games to have any type of point whatsoever – Beyond, you know, the Lakers, we only play for championships, that sort of like this is the real world. Do yeah. you want these things to have a purpose at all? If it's going to have a purpose, you're going to have to fight for it. It's to really your, that simple. To your point about that, um, there was some news reported by ESPN's Dave McManaman following the game on Tuesday that could be encouraging on those lines for Lakers fans. Plus, we'll get into reports on Wednesday that add to the speculation about what exactly the Lakers are going to do this offseason uh, with the roster and in the front office. And we'll do all that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is in full swing for both pro and college hoops for all the latest news, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. God, that one makes me uncomfortable right now. BetOnline.net is the number one all that spot. picture is Frank Vogel being shot out of a cannon. <laughs> BetOnline.net. Where's going to land? I don't know. Number one, number one <laughs> spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains Whee! the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, odds, and information. So go to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Get to the Palinka stuff in the offseason in the front office. Also, some uh, something fun about Kobe Bryant that that neither one of us had uh, heard coming out of uh, this coming from Draymond Green's podcast, I believe, an interview yes. with Charles Barkley. So we'll talk about that uh, hopefully before the end of the show. But um, you know, to this question, Andy, of faith um, and whether or not the team and the players on it believe that there's still something to play for and there's still something to fight for. Uh, McMenamin reported, uh, via Twitter after the game Tuesday that LeBron has no intention of shutting it down. And there has been some speculation that, uh, he would do that if the Lakers keep losing and things look particularly hopeless and they sink down to a 10, whatever it might be. Um, you know, obviously it matters how much worse the injury gets, but at least the way things are right now, nobody's putting out that energy that LeBron is going to shut it down. So. 
that means something. And he said after Tuesday's game, and you got to put him 12 feet under before he quits, and you can call him dead. 12, that's double what you normally have to dig um, to, to, to bury someone. Well, that was inspiring, Brian. At the same time, LeBron was carrying this satchel of what looked like his Lobos tequila uh, up on the uh, the dais with him. So you wonder how much of that he had nipped into. Like when he declared, 12 feet, baby, you got to put me under. Like the next <laughs> morning, he might wake up like, I said, what? This is what I love about This is what <laughs> oh. I love about us. So we're watching on Zoom, and mm-hmm. in both of us at the same time texted Bill Orm. I'm like, is that a bottle of tequila in like, uh, like like a cozy <laughs> like yeah. that, that's next to LeBron. We were completely, uh, you know, kind of drawn in by two things. First of all, bringing your own tequila to a a press conference is a boss move. But also, too, where does one get like a customized leather sack? Like this thing that was obviously tailored for his bottle of tequila. It was beautiful, like this yes. wonderful leather. And he wore it. He looked like an outlaw, like with the... the <laughs> Like, you know, the tequila slung to his back. And, like, you know, he needed, like, a six-shooter and a duster. It would have been awesome. He looked Should have left on a a horse. (laughs) He looked like an outlaw, Brian, except for the fact that he was also eating orange wedges (laughs) during that, which kind of cuts down on your badass. You know what what did in many an outlaw, Andy? Scurvy. That's (laughs) what... So uh, give the man his post-game orange. Unsolicited records. plug, by the way. LeBron's tequila is really good. It is good. It's really good. By the way, I would also, uh, if given up the opportunity, make that a solicited plug. <laughs> so if anybody's Damn listening, right uh, <laughs> we just because we would do it unsolicited doesn't mean it has to stay that way. So by the um, way, too, yeah, uh, really quick, just to you know, up the ante on this, Sincoro, Genie Buses, also tequila. good. Also really good. So mm-hmm. if these two tequila barons connected to the Lakers want to fight for our services, have at it. I got, I have, we, Andy and I, and we're going to get to some of these things before the end of the show. We have criticisms of the way that the uh, genie does certain things around the, the organization. We do not have criticisms of her tequila, though. That no. is a, it is a delightful sipping tequila, and it is worth uh, the, the premium that it costs. Um, so, uh, a great deal of speculation, Andy, has been uh, put out there about what the Lakers are going to do this offseason because barring a miracle, um, even the most faithful probably understand this is not going to go the way people hoped at the beginning of the year. Um, there are questions to answer, answer about the roster, about the coach, and potentially about the front office. Um, Jake Fisher at Bleacher Report touched on all of these things in a story on uh, Wednesday. But really, Andy, this is all stuff that has been talked about for a little while now. Um, let's start with Frank. The one thing people seem to agree on around the league is that Vogel ain't coming back. Would you? I, I've been saying this for a few weeks now. They just he's not uh, anything. Anything changed there over the last couple of weeks that you've seen? Well, I mean, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. You've actually been saying that for a few months. And oh, that's true. Right. And you've never once heard me say, yeah, but the only thing, like I've said, that I really think prevented Vogel from getting fired this season was A, David Fisdale failed, uh, fared no better, which, you know, didn't allow for sort of like a natural sag to take like over Fizz, for the rest when of the he, season. When Frank was out with the in the COVID protocols, if Fisdale had ripped off four straight wins. Yes. 
and then B, I think the Lakers would prefer to eat the money for one season as opposed to one and a half seasons. But that's pretty much it. Cheap. Cheap, 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 cheap. Um, so but no, I do not expect him back next season. No. Um, for a, for a multitude of reasons that we have discussed before, and I'm sure we will discuss again when that moment eventually happens. So the, the day after the Lakers play their last game of the season. So um, what happens from the coaching perspective, though, is directly, really, you know, the, the natural, well, who do you think could replace him and what kind of, there's a lot of stuff that you could talk about in terms of the mechanics of who would want the job and who would take the job and all that kind of stuff and, and all that. But there really, a lot of it is related to um, the answers to the next two questions, which are what, do you, what happens to the roster and what happens in the front office. Um, Jake Fisher's story at least kind of opened the door. There's been a lot of reporting that says that, you know, uh, Rob Polinka, who's very close with Jeannie Buss, very safe in his job. Um, Fisher's report added a little bit of, opened the door a little bit there, um, added a little bit of, of speculation around the safety of Polinka, which tells me more than anything, stuff's all over the place. It is... And, you know, people sort of smell blood in the water with the Lakers. And when that happens, people just put everything out there. Um, I tend to think Rob's probably pretty safe, but I, I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe everyone goes. I mean, the, the reporting has actually been pretty all over the place in terms of the degrees of safety. Uh, you know, from what I've read and, you know, a little bit of asking around, I've heard a bit of mixed opinion as well. But even... Even the people who've said to me that they think Palinka may not be as safe now as, say, he was just a year ago, thought that there's some runway. Like that, they did not expect that this off season would lead to Palinka's exit. Granted, stuff has happened since I had those conversations, and you never know how the season's going to end up shaking out. You know, there's also the question of the way things are set up right now, with everything being as insulated as this organization typically is and you know the ram by and all of that stuff and the uncertainty with the roster on on a few fronts and you know the lack of assets that you have to work with taking over like as much as i know there are only 30 of these jobs and the lakers you know that's a hell of an opportunity i don't know if people would trip over themselves as much as you would normally expect. I mean, they'll well, you know, hold that thought there a second because I think those the, that that actually is one thing that is related to the coaching, um, the coaching aspect of this, and you know, whether or not the way the Lakers operate influences the quality of talent that they're able to get um, is a really significant question. We'll do that. We'll get to the roster, and we'll try to get to this Kobe item. If we don't, we'll save it for for later in the week. But we'll do all of it next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models out there, it is impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. And why would you spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more on the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership anyway? You mark, you fool, you sap. You can get it for way less at rockauto.com. For example, Honda Odyssey fuel pump... 
350. Yeah, my dog objects. That's right. <laughs> my dog's Let's like, get behind the Honda Odyssey fuel pumps. That's you, right. Did you train this, him to do that? This is so weird. My dog right now is barking at a Honda Odyssey. I don't know how this ended up No, probably, uh, probably barking at that really, wow. really, really uh, well-priced fuel pump that it oh. has inside of it from rockauto.com. I can get that for 216 from Rock Auto. Amazing that that happened. They've been serving auto part customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we and my dog sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Unbelievable. It, it really is. We, we live in a world where like, it, it's kind of a duality where the Lakers are the Lakers and they are a, an a plus brand in the NBA and you are always going to have access to star players and you're always going to have, it's a, it's a high profile job and it's all that stuff. Um, the flip side is the track record that the Lakers have recently for how they treat their coaches in terms of, you know, um, tried to you know cheat they basically cheaped out on Ty Lue I'm not exactly sure what happened to Monty Williams but he turned that one down they you know they eventually get to Frank Vogel who wins a title and then they string him along and only give him a year for an extension that's not necessarily super appealing to to coaches um, who are of the caliber that the Lakers would theoretically want to hire I don't mean this like he's available but if you think you're the Lakers and you should be able to get the LeBron James of coaches Eric Spolstra or somebody of that caliber, whoever the best coach out there in any given offseason is, ain't coming if you start nickel and diming them uh, in that way or forcing people onto their staff or doing some of these other things. Um, the GM, perhaps, might not be as appealing a job if you don't believe that there really is a good infrastructure around you to make decisions, but you know, whether you have to answer to Kurt Rambis or that you feel financially, you're not going to be able to do certain things because they don't want to pay luxury taxes to a certain point, whatever it might be. Not all of these things are fair. Um, and, and not all of them preclude you from winning, but we're back to talking about in Jake Fisher's story, the Lakers were referred to as a mom and pop organization. We are back to talking about that and you can be a good mom and pop organization and win but the reputation doesn't help them. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. We, we, you and I were talking about this offline before the show, and I said, like, they're a relic, the Lakers, you know, in terms of the way they are set up and the way they do business, and even, like, down to how much of their history they rightly and understandably play up because they have exceptional history. They have the best history in the entire NBA, bar none. And, you know, I mean... Uh, our buddy Jeff Perlman, you know, the, the book that he wrote is being adapted in the HBO uh, series Winning Time. Which apparently they don't like. <laughs> yes, they apparently do not like that. But, uh, you know, John C. Riley is Dr. Buss. Like, things like that don't happen. Mm -hmm. And Jeff's next book about the Kobe Shaq years have been optioned. Like, things like that don't happen just because of palace intrigue. There has, and, you know, drama and gossip. There has to be a lot of winning involved for people to care that much. But they are a relic in the sense of the rest of the league in different advancements, whether you're talking about the way their front offices are run, whether you're talking about the type of in, invest, investments they have with owners and you know with diversified portfolios and things like right. that. They're, they are they're, they used to, the bus family used to be the rule, not the exception. They, right. You know, it used to be everybody used to be an individual owner, 
And some are richer than others and all that, but now it's hedge and, funds and this and that, whatever in the certain buses respects, are relics. Right. And, you know, it's a more global world right now or, you know, global country, global league, you know, players through social media and other stuff have way more opportunities to promote themselves and put themselves out there, which doesn't mean that those inherent uh, advantages the Lakers have no longer exist. They do, but they are no longer the hammer drop that they used to be. And they are no longer something that you can automatically assume will bring players there or at least pique their interest, no questions asked. They are often the equalizer now. You know, if the Lakers happen to be good and a player has different options on the table and you could possibly win a championship with the Lakers and everything else that comes with it, yeah, all that stuff can matter, but it is no longer something that the Lakers can automatically count on you know getting them whoever they want whenever they want you know no questions asked well i think the thing that gets lost sometimes in talking about the lakers mystique is that it was accompanied by tremendous levels of competence like off the charts levels of competence they had Pat Riley as a coach. They had Jerry Buss as an owner, a genuine visionary in terms of how he saw the league and, and how he thought about the way to put a team together and what the team was supposed to do. And, you know, not just winning basketball, but a certain kind of winning basketball that made the Lakers the Lakers and Showtime. And you have Pat Riley and you have Chick Hearn and you have Phil Jackson and you have, you know, Jerry West and you have you know, up and down the line. Mitch Kupchak was an excellent general manager for a long time until yeah, he, was. he kind of uh, maybe a little bit got passed by, but then uh, also too, you know, might've been damaged a little bit by the way that the organization was run. He's starting to make some good things happen in Charlotte. Um, you know, like that is a difficult level of competence to match. And in, in a, in a context where it's almost impossible to recreate it, Rob Palenka could be good. He, he It's almost impossible for him to be Jerry West good. And Frank Vogel can be it's, good. It's He's impossible not, for like pretty much every anybody. GM in the league to Correct. be Jerry West. And it's impossible for the Lakers to leverage the kind of advantages they used to have in the way that the league is structured today. Um, that's one of the places where you know the league is designed in some ways to prevent teams like the Lakers from dominating in ways that they used to. Um you know, Frank Vogel can't be Phil Jackson or Pat Riley, and Jeannie Buss can't be Jerry Buss. And they could still be good, but being that good? And so it's not just mystique, it's also tremendous talent and competence um, at a level that is almost impossible to replicate that the Lakers have to figure out. And that's before, Andy, you get to the players. Uh, you know, the, the endless parade of Hall of Famers that they've had go through and the amount of people on the All-75 team that played legitimate roles on the Lakers. Um, it's just astounding. Including, and Brian, one that they may be looking to move this offseason. Yes. And how you go about doing that with Russell Westbrook. And one of the, you know, it's interesting. I, I kind of suggested that, like, why would Russ want to come back? Next year, from a basketball standpoint, I have personal family. This in matter, Jake whatever. Fisher's report, just to clarify, it, it's said in there that the interest in moving on from Westbrook could actually be mutual, be mutual as opposed right. to something the Lakers are purely pushing. And I that did not strike me as at all odd. 
Um, because from, again, from a basketball standpoint, again, coach changes, GM changes, roster changes, maybe it's different next year. Um, it's hard to picture this getting better. And if it stays bad again, Russ is going to spend another season um, fairly in some ways, unfairly in others, as an avatar for everything that's gone terribly wrong with this team. Because it's hard to see them being much better next year if they kind of run it back. Um, so from that perspective, I could see professionally why he would want to go somewhere else. How the Lakers do it is 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 dicey. One of the things that I hadn't even considered that was floated by by uh, a source in the, in this story was the idea that the Lakers might stretch him and take it's basically three years. He would take Westbrook's contract and it would be a cap hit of sixteen point whatever million dollars over for three years, and that would help the Lakers get a little more flexibility to improve the roster next year. It's also a terribly short-sighted and stupid idea. Unless there are elements of the math with this that I don't see or understand, and while you and I, I think, understand the cap reasonably well, we're not Eric We're not Larry Coon. Right, right, we're not those guys, but based on who's going to be on the raw, just LeBron and AD alone, like cuts down a lot of your flexibility and options as it is, which it, fine. As I understood it from this, it would just get them closer to where they could use uh, better exceptions and things like right. that. Right, but the, you know the, the 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 bottom line of this is it's really it becomes a a, a a one of these sort of age old questions of are you throwing good money after bad? And what one of the things that you have to understand and be willing to accept in making the Westbrook deal is that unwinding it is going to be painful. And stretching him or doing something like that is an example of trying to bypass the pain in certain ways to where you're getting kind of cute on how you fix it and whatever, as opposed to just ripping off the Band-Aid and taking the pain and then trying to rebuild it again the year after when you have like Anthony Davis and maybe THT on your payroll and and going on from there. It, or, unwinding the Westbrook deal, if it went wrong, was always going to cause pain. and. You can't, you can't, I, I don't think you. It, it makes sense to compromise the two years following next year in an effort to like make next year's pain slightly better. Or, or not just trying to make that pain slightly better, but doing something that if I want to be critical of Rob Polinka for something that I think he's done since he joined this organization that I've often found kind of infuriating is that you would do this with the idea of the most cap flexibility possible as opposed to trading Russell Westbrook for actual players that may have you know not particularly good deals themselves, but they are guys that you can actually put on the court who can actually help you win some basketball games as opposed to being 15 and a half to 16 million dollars worth of dead money on your books still taking up cap space for two more years following right. next year. And Rob Palinka has valued the idea of flexibility that is pretty much always defined as the most cleanable books possible. And, you know, like contracts that never go past so long, contracts that always line up with each other, that sort of thing. And, and I understand the appeal of it. And I'm not saying that he's silly for caring about it at all. But there can come a point where you value that particular flexibility so much it actually creates inflexibility. You actually start losing options yeah. and opportunities in front of you because you only see it one way. And it's like, look, you take on two or three deals that go on, say, two to three years. 
to get Russ off the books. Yeah, a couple of those deals you might not like having there. But you know what? Use some creativity and flip those guys. Other GMs around the league managed to get do this. Get all red paperclip. Look, I mean, I'll say, I, I, I agree with you 100% about that. Um, but also, too, if you are going to value your flexibility in a clean cap sheet for the year following you know, this offseason, you certainly don't want to create $15 million of dead money in that, in that clean sheet. So I, I don't think I think stretching him is a non-starter. Um, I'd like to think it's not, but again, unless there's something that you and I don't understand. No, I, I think I, no, I think there's I a lot it. we don't understand about you. said, you know, unless you're missing something with the math, I think we get we're we're bad at math, but I think we understand the math when it so comes to this. I don't understand why. And they so do that right, at all. so just you know, I, you, you. I also question whether or not you're going to be able to get two or three or you know four usable players for for Russell. Well, I don't know which team would do that, but that's a well, different question. One we'll guy would be explore. more usable than dead cap space, dude. There's no question. Um so yeah, we'll see it, it we'll get to the Kobe stuff uh try maybe the end of the week or, or early next whenever we can. Just Draymond Green revealed on his uh podcast talking with Barkley uh, or Ch Barkley I Charles say, revealed, revealed, right? That revealed that, Kobe had been signed actually to be part of the and the TNT crew. yeah crew and ended up backing out because he didn't want to do all the PR uh, obligations that come with that show and there's a lot to unpack from that and that Brian and I just find really interesting because we find Kobe so interesting but that was something neither one of us knew no idea yeah so be looking for that conversation because it's really interesting maybe even for ways you're not thinking about. Um, and then Thursday night, obviously the Lakers uh, uh, play the Clippers. They this is less about trying to gain seating and more about stopping the bleeding. We'll see how that goes, and we will talk to everybody after uh, the game.